0: hey guys welcome to make money count um it feels good to be back in this chair what's different today i don't know no earphones oh no earphones right of Does course. it feel different uh it feels a little bit different it feels like i like hearing myself talk right so you know i mean i can hear myself now but also it's different with the headphones you prefer the headphones i just it's it's interesting you don't always hear yourself talking in real time in headphones. So
1: I think I kind of feel a little more free without the headphones. <laughs> yeah, I can see that.
0: I can see that. Matt's
1: still wearing his
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, comment. He just wants I, to make sure the levels are good. Exactly.
2: Somebody's got to. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> the last couple episodes have been sans me. I've been yeah. sad. I've been watching yeah. the clips though. They're very good. Some amazing people were on the podcast. Um, but now I'm back in my rightful throne. It's great to have you here. Thank you. Um, today we're going to talk about, uh, inflation. It's been up, what that means for you, what that means for your mortgage, what that means for five-year fixed rates. Um, so why don't you take us away? Where? <laughs> Where? Yeah. Well, let's start with the idea that inflation is up. Inflation is up. Yeah. So inflation and inflation are both up.
1: I don't know what inflation's doing. <laughs> um okay so we had an inflation reading yesterday yeah and it indicated that month over month we were up zero i I hate i feel like it's so boring when i go through like just specific numbers on things people need to know about do they really care about like what the reading was and what it was supposed to be so it was 0.7 it was supposed to be it was expected to be 0.4 right okay all we really want to drive home here is is that the, the number, inflation came in hotter. Right. And the key to that is, why did it come in hotter? Right. And what are the implications of that on your mortgage, on the economy? So, why did it come in hotter?
0: Uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to take uh, property values for 100, Bob.
1: You know what? I'll tell you something. Um. You are definitely kind of on the right track. Right. Because inflation was driven largely by increases in shelter costs. Right. Which is
0: rental and
1: Yeah. Which is rent rental rates and interest costs to service debt on mortgages. Right. And so it's funny, right? We're in a kind of weird part of the cycle right now where Inflation is causing inflation because inflation caused the Bank of Canada increase interest rates. Increasing interest rates caused the caused the cost of servicing debt on a home to increase, which increased rental rates because people either decided not to buy and to, or and opt to rent, or the carrying cost of homes also increased simultaneously because interest rates increased. So, you know rental prices had to rise because the cost of the raw material to rent to somebody increases. Mm-hmm. Generally speaking, the increase in interest rates has caused an increase in the cost to shelter. Right. And as a result, the inflation reading is up. So,
0: Inflation Inception is basically what you're telling me. Yeah. Like yeah. the movie Inception. Yeah.
1: Good yeah. movie. Great movie. I still don't understand it, but really? I mean, whatever, I understand it. I just... You know,
0: there's a lot to it. Matt could probably do a whole podcast
1: on the meaning of it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, um, so the problem we're we're having right now is that inflation reading came in hot, way hotter than expected, and that reading immediately spiked the bond yields. Matt, I sent you the bond yield chart. Do you want to put that up? Yep. So bond yields are up now. So you can see here, like in kind of March, we were below 280 and now we're 50 basis points higher and our highest ever was 3.7. So we're 40 basis points off of that, like high print, which was kind of October of 2022. Listen, um, this is going to cause five-year fixed rates to increase. Yeah. Right. It's, and what this is, is it's, It's a reading, and that inflation number said two things to us. Number one, it said, we may be increasing, the Bank of Canada may increase interest rates again. They may increase the overnight rate. In fact, fun anecdote the probability of an increase at the next meeting, which is June 7th, was at like below 10%. And then after that inflationary reading came up, it spiked up. To over twenty percent, twenty-two percent, I think.
0: What's your probability rating? Zero. I, they're not
1: going to increase. Yeah, that's what I think too. Yeah, they will not but increase. I just think things that you think. But so it, it's. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, it's. So I'll tell you what, what. What it does mean, though, is it for sure means interest rates are going to be higher for longer. Right. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Of and what's driving that really is the resiliency of the Canadian housing market. Right. So housing prices are climbing again. Mm-hmm. We've had, what is it, Matt? Like four months where it's like month over month increase in housing prices? I looked at it
2: yesterday, actually. It was the last three months in a row, definitely.
1: You know, I bet you it's four. I bet you you're you bet, just trying you to correct me for the sake of correcting me. <laughs> but, but for sure, it's four months. Just kidding. So it's three or four months of month over month increasing in housing prices. Increasing um, number of transactions. Mm-hmm. And there's another chart I want Matt to throw up that I sent him, which shows you the cost of carrying the debt on a home and how that has increased with variable rate mortgage pricing changes. So look at this this was mortgage interest costs uh, increasing um, from the previous uh, year. Right, And like, look at that in that, like, it's just such a beautiful chart, but I mean, it's not beautiful for the end result to the consumer that we're up 30% mm-hmm. um, uh, to service debt. Now this is going to abate as interest rates stabilize and people fix in, like you can see it already, right? The variable rate is no longer the place to be.
0: No, definitely right? not. Right,
1: Because you're at a 6.7% prime, fi- 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 a prime rate. Mm-hmm. max you're getting off of that is what on a variable rate 50 60 basis so like even if you had half a percentage point off in the past or a full percentage point off you're at 5.7 yeah and what are we getting a five-year fixed rate right now On Unin- i mean insured? insured what's insured
0: insured is like 429 or something
1: like yeah that, and yeah. uh and, and insured uninsured? And un- uninsured sorry uh like 484 489 yeah. So like, if you can take a three-year fixed, mm-hmm. take a three-year fixed right now, yeah. two-year fixed, I don't know what those are. Those are probably
0: higher. Can't tell you. After yeah.
1: Anyways, Five it's half. interesting to see uh, this expectation that interest rates are going to be higher for longer is now starting to creep into the market and mm-hmm. the market's starting to absorb it. So you're going to see now five-year fixed rates start to climb higher uh, as a result. And then you'll see them come back down again. Like I, hopefully we this is like uh like the next reading kind of comes back more in line, mm-hmm. um but it it might not right um
0: <clears throat> so your your probability for interest rate interest rate increase zero percent. What is your probability for inflation numbers keep on like the, that they keep rising <laughs> you mean keep yeah
1: keep beating expectations
0: right. Not rising, yes. Not going down as quickly as we'd hope.
1: Yeah. I think that as long as you keep seeing this resiliency in the housing market, Mm -hmm. and more importantly, and we've been talking about this so much, I feel like it's getting picked up more and more in the news now. But we've been talking about how, kind of like, you know, 20% of Canadian mortgages are servicing just interest almost. I mean, to some degree, uh, like at least their amortizations are getting pushed out. Yeah so some of them aren't even servicing the interest. So the more accommodating the banks are in those situations, the more resilient the housing market will be, the less of an impact interest rate hikes will have on <clears throat> reigning in spending although i mean you we're seeing that already like we're in a recession right um but that the the kind of uh, full impact of all of this monetary policy isn't being felt by the market because it's being muted by the way the banks are controlling amortizations on mortgages right
0: being accommodative
1: yeah accommodating their borrowers right Right. and in order to create stability in the marketplace it's important like Mm -hmm. you know you're seeing amortizations getting pushed out but the alternative to that is
0: evisceration
1: yeah i mean you're going to kill your borrowers and they're going to have to rely on higher interest rate products to service right. themselves in the interim. And then you're going to see a lot of supply hit the market. And yeah. so far, we haven't seen that because the banks have been accommodative to uh, the borrowers. Yeah. So Marcus,
2: let me ask you, we talked about this a bit on the last show. We talked about uh, the supply being part of the reason why like, there's even a bidding demand or like, there's a, uh, the reason why prices are going up is because there's a lack of supply. What do you see like in the next, like happening before the end of the year? Do you see uh, banks for like keeping to stretch out these amortizations? Do you see supply hitting the market? Do you see interest rates forcing people to sell? Where do you currently stand on everything?
1: The longer interest rates stay higher, the higher the probability that more supply comes into the marketplace. And that
2: will be the only deciding factor on whether pricing goes down
1: there's nothing else right the the, the interest rates aren't going to go any higher you might spook the market a little bit if you come in and say we're going to raise 25 basis points but i don't think that's likely um so yeah like really the the variable that's going to most affect housing prices is how you can impact supply and the way supply will be impacted will just be you know if if the banks somehow change how they're dealing with these people that have kind of blown out their amortizations and aren't capable of meeting the new payment to pay down 25 30 year on the like to get back to a 30 year amortization schedule mm. then more of those properties will hit the market
0: I also think that like i I speak to clients day in and day out who took a one year term, three year term during COVID that are coming up for renewal right now, that have a 299 rate and that are going into a five and a half percent rate and the only option for them is to sell their property, right? So I think that's gonna have a uh like an effect on on supply as well, I'm sure. Uh
1: yeah. I mean like it's it, the the cost of the carrying cost of homes, that interest for cost, is going to continue to impact the marketplace. The thing we're like, we'll like have we passed the period where it was gonna have its most pronounced impact? Um probably not, right? Right. Probably yeah. not. So probably more supply hits the market.
0: Yeah, like like so tons of people are still in a one ninety nine interest rate. You right. know what I mean? I haven't felt the full impact of of what we've done to the market.
1: Yeah. So get like that's another good point. The longer we ride this wave of high interest rates,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the more borrowers will get kind of caught by it. Exposed, yeah. Right. So like every year that we have higher interest rates, every month in fact, more and more mortgages come up for maturity that are subjected to the increased rate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And then I think Matt kind of asked it before, but you think housing is the what like what other factors are there that are like driving inflation? Is it just housing?
1: Right now the biggest impact on that last CPI reading it's is housing. shelter costs. Yeah. Right. Is how much the cost of debt is increasing um in the inflationary numbers, shelter costs. Right. Which is you know caused by increasing rates
0: right which is everyone's biggest
1: <clears throat> listen there's more variables that we can like look to for housing like you know immigration um like there are other demand side um variables that we can plug mm-hmm. in but i don't think any of them you know can meet the the supply side if rates continue to drag higher for longer and more and more houses hit the market. That would would be the fear. Like, I don't, like, I'll tell you, when we're pricing deals for the MEC right now, we're not like, oh, we're totally out of the woods. You know, a 15% drop in real estate prices is still possible, right? Right. I wouldn't just, you know. You wouldn't count it out. I wouldn't get the ticker tape parade ready yet for the comeback of the real estate market. right, right, right. Especially if we start getting more, like, listen, the news was really bad over the last year. For real estate pricing like you couldn't read an article anywhere without like yeah you know thinking that real estate prices were just going to collapse yeah but i just feel that you know we've done such a good job of keeping the supply tight and we had so much demand returned into the marketplace that the natural result was going to be uh prices would run up um you know
0: question do you think okay so you talk. A lot about how like Fed speak influences interest rates and stuff like that. Yeah. Do you think that the media frenzy about housing prices had a lot to do with like housing prices going down? Because it scared
1: the shit out of a lot of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh for sure. Yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it definitely made people think like, oh, I'm not gonna yeah. I don't wanna act right now. Now's not my time. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Hmm. Marcus, well, let me ask you. Um, this idea that amortization is being stretched out, I mean, a lot of the culture in Ontario has been like buy a starter home, a few years you you refinance or you upgrade and you sell. But if people are stretching out their amortization, housing prices are lowered. Does that mean like that, that trend is going to change over the next 10, 15 years? That people are going to be stuck in their homes longer instead of like, you know, waiting for that equity or they're waiting for that amortization to lower? Like th- that, that moves like that now seem like years, like a decade away, right? Am I wrong?
1: Like I think the people that really got caught or the people that bought closest to that price peak, right? So for those people, for sure, it's going to change how they operate, right? They're going to be. I, I listen, like if you bought at the peak in a variable rate, there's a good chance you're in like a negative am, ne- sorry, negative equity position. Never mind, negative am. Mm-hmm. So for people like that, for sure, like you got to look at it, right? Like for sure, there are people that bought a house in Hamilton or Stony Creek or Peterborough, like whatever, in, in the suburbs, further suburbs, the commuter kind of places at the peak at a variable rate who have seen serious price declines and serious interest rate increases. And for those people, yeah, things have changed. I don't think it's changed for everybody. I think where stability in the housing in housing prices is kind of maintained, and where, um, you know, even if the variable rate mortgage though, it's going to hit them. It's going to be eroding equity. People are seeing equity erode. Does that maybe it extends those timelines a little bit, Matt? Um, Yeah, maybe it extends them. But then again, once interest rates drop. If we see prices increase, do we not just go back to the same thing we were? Yeah. Like I hate being, I will never be one of those people that just jumps on board and says, oh, that's the new normal. You know why? Because the new normal is bullshit? The new normal is bullshit.
0: We should get a shirt that says that. I hear more and more about pre-construction projects being delayed, likely due to the cost of materials, correct? Or is there other factors?
1: I think the pre-constructions are now coming back online, but I think the biggest reason they were delayed was because they couldn't sell the units.
0: Right. And this probably has something to do with supply as well, right? Like, I remember, I can't remember the numbers, but there was like tens of thousands of units coming onto the market, you know, at any given time. Um, And I feel like that's kind of tightened up a little bit.
1: So, yeah, in the first half of this year mm-hmm. there were there are you know i think like 20,000 units that were sold coming online right um and their fear was was like a lot of those would get checked into like assignments or people would be forced to close that weren't really looking to close because they were hoping to have sold them before they closed and as a result appraised appraisal values would be coming in significantly below purchase price but they weren't mm-hmm. right we saw that kind of stick through like yeah. market kind of made its way through on that so yeah. far so the crisis that we were planning for didn't really happen mm-hmm. i think that a lot of the demand is returning to the market mm-hmm. and a, the pre-construction market has a pulse again mm-hmm. um so like i think a lot of those projects are now coming back online mm-hmm. like you can see it already yeah. right the pre-con, pre-con market's back mm-hmm. um which is a good thing, right? Again, we talk about it all the time. The pendulum swim, swings one way and then it swings back the other way.
2: So, Marcus, about this pre construction uh, units, I've recently heard that people that maybe bought in at the peak are now having their appraisals done as they try to close a year, year and a half later, and their appraisals are coming in much lower than their purchase price. Um, are, are you guys, Justin, are you seeing any of that happening in the market right now? Or, like, Marcus, how do you think that that's going to affect? Uh, you know the market, like people trying to close or being forced to close.
0: Yeah, I mean, Marcus, you just mentioned that it's um, not really happening, and I don't really see it happening. But also, some of the units that were bought just before COVID that were like a four-year build or a five-year build that were bought for, like I remember doing one in in Yorkville that was like eighteen hundred dollars a square foot. Um, I mean, those haven't come online. Uh, that, those haven't. Like gone to registration yet? But like when they do, I mean,
1: I don't think it's a lot of money. I, I think if you look at the per square foot price of a condo in New York right now, I don't think it's that far below eighteen hundred bucks. Right. I, I don't that's know what that's it is. Wild. I don't know what it is. Matt could probably look it up right now. Matt. But it's if it's sixteen hundred bucks. Right. Then
0: yeah, in a year, I'm sure we'll be at eighteen hundred. So, so no, I don't. I haven't seen that myself.
1: Yeah, I, I think we haven't. It has not been as bad as what we thought it was going to
0: be. Yeah, no, totally. And maybe we thought it was going to be as bad as we thought it was going to be because, you know. Fed speak, you're going to bring it, it back?
1: Yeah. I don't, I, honestly, I just think the media kind of Hyped it. took up. the story and ran with it. And yeah. everything was muted because the banks extended amortizations. Right. That's a way bigger story than what has been in the news so far. Yeah. Right? The bank's extending ams. Like one in five borrowers is has an extending AM, rolling AM. Like, that's a big thing.
0: Right. Right. Um, and then one more silly question. We might cut this because this might be a silly question, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Right. If Silicon Valley Bank were around today.
1: Silicon. Yeah.
0: Silicon Valley Bank were around today when the bond yields just went back up. Mm-hmm. Would they still be okay?
1: No, it wouldn't be enough because they're also they don't operate in Canada.
0: Right. Of course.
1: They, I mean, they did operate in Canada, but not, <laughs> listen, the 50 basis point increase in the bond yields Wouldn't would not have been enough, especially the fact that it happened in Canada, yeah. would not have been enough to save Silicon Valley. <laughs> 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 and I'll tell you, like, um, it, this, this, this 50 basis point hike, it, you can see how dramatic it is. Yeah. Right? And that's not just that's not expecting 25 basis point hike. That is just the market absorbing that rates are going to be higher for longer. That's what that is. Right. And that that's the thing that would worry me. The only good to come out of this is if you are traveling this summer, the Canadian dollar is likely to be stronger. Right. Right? If our domestic rates increase like that or our yields increase, so too does our dollar. Time to go to Europe. Yeah. Right now? Yeah. Yeah, let's go. Let's
0: do it. I'm in. (laughs) Well, I think that that ends it. We spent a significant amount talking about space conspiracies, which we cut out of this. So you're welcome. Um, And uh, I look forward to sitting on these couches with you again uh, soon. Me too. And I'm very confident that we're the only people in this infinite universe that are sitting on this couch right now. Just to plug into our conspiracy. This one for sure. This one for sure. Yeah. This specific one. Bye.